No, unfortunately it didn't come off for young Checo and I do have the feeling that this may have been the last nail in the coffin. Welcome to the Valve Bounce, my name is Steve, to my right is Damien, and we're going to be discussing the Mexican City Grand Prix. Uh, kicking things off, Max Verstappen, 16th win of the year, Damien. Record, new, new record. record. New world record. I feel like that's that's kind of like the title of Max's book, isn't it? New record, just, yeah, just smashes them all the time. Yeah, pretty impressive. Um, He's definitely working a lot harder in the last half of this year as uh, some of the competition catch up and yeah. Red Bull are not adding anything new, it seems. So, um, but yeah, it was it was a really great drive. Obviously, an incredible car as well. Yeah. So the question would be, can he win? Well, we've got Brazil coming up, then Vegas, and to finish off, Abu Dhabi. So, can he win the last three remaining races starting this weekend at the Brazilian? Yeah, I think I think two out of three. That's, two out of three? That's what I reckon. Okay. I don't know if he'll, he'll get all three. Um, there's some strong drivers that love the tracks coming up, other than Vegas, which mm. is an unknown. But, um, but yeah, I think, um, I think definitely Abu Dhabi is his. Yeah. Not sure on Brazil. Brazil would be a Hamilton track, if that's where you're leading. That's yeah. where I feel it sort of leads, because I, I like Hamilton at Brazil, personally. I don't know if he has the outright pace to win the Grand Prix, but we'll come to predictions a bit later on. Yes. And uh, we can discuss a little bit of that. Uh, further back to the Mexican Grand Prix, though, we had some huge airtime. We had some ballsy manoeuvre. And yep. one Mexican crying in a garage. Yeah, I can't imagine the heartbreak of of, uh, of what he was going through at his home GP, and I, I felt sorry for a few people in that uh, incident. In that incident that happened, but yeah, basically three into one. Don't go. Doesn't work, does no, it? No, it really doesn't. You can't have. I mean, we proved it at Qatar. Lewis proved it at Qatar, and Sergio <laughs> thought, oh well, if Lewis can do it. I can. I can. You got some big air though, like that car was. Yeah. I'd be surprised if they don't have to change a fair few things on that thing. Yeah. I, I, I wow. mean, it'll, it'll be a big change. And, and again, it's probably that under tray being obviously the most dominant car, but it's had the most airtime of the under tray of anything from back at Monaco all the way through to, <laughs> to that airtime. There, uh, there was definitely some hang time that happened there. So do you think there's anything that he could have done to possibly not cause an impact? Like, Yeah, I just think he turned in too early. Yeah. Um, you know, whether he knew that there were three cars there or not, I'm yeah. not sure. But, you know, ultimately, positioning on the track, he should know that... that the car in the middle was not like was not able to go anywhere, so he's got to just take it a bit wider. I, I, think, I think it was just a mistake. Yeah, look, I, I tend to agree. I, I think, I mean, in his one of his statements, he said he had to go for it, and that uh, he thought that Charles would break earlier, being the fact that Max was down his inside. Um, I think that was probably just a bit of wishful thinking. And even on the onboard footage, when I rewatched it back, you could see that. Like you could still see Leclerc there when he turned went to turn in, so I don't really believe. I think he just tried to crowd him too much and yeah. got it all wrong. Yeah, so. I was just thinking he was hoping. And he yeah. talked about the braking 
between the two, um, you know, that he broke late and didn't realise that Leclerc was going to break so late. But I guess ultimately, you know, the situational awareness, he's got to be, he's got to be prepared that the car there is not going to just suddenly back out if you turn in. Um, especially when you're so you're reasonably close. Yes, he had he was just in, um, ahead in terms of the axles and how yeah. they deem that that rule. But yeah, I just think it was just a bit silly. Um, yeah, red mist. Yeah, you know, red mist. The <laughs> well, the, to be fair to Checo, out of all the weekends, I'd probably say it's been a better one for him. Not obviously result wise in the end, but he yeah. was closer in qualifying to Max, which was good, even though he got split by his potential replacement. Yeah, that was great from uh, from Danny Rick. But yeah, Checo definitely closed that gap a little bit and and at least showed in his home Grand Prix that there was an opportunity there. And as you know, the I think it's 800 something meters to the first corner from the start line. The cars that are in that second row always end up somewhere fighting up the front because of the slipstream. Yeah, um, so he put himself with every uh, every opportunity, but um, yeah, just didn't quite make it uh, make it happen. No, unfortunately, it didn't come off for Young Checo, and I do have the feeling that this may have been the last nail in the coffin. Yeah, well, the rumours were out there that um, you know he had to. There was two separate rumours, I should say. So there was one that was talking about he's got a secure second in the championship. There was another one that floated around that sort of popped up and then disappeared. That it was really they were going to make the decision by Mexico. Yeah. And if if Mexico is included in that assessment, you'd probably say he's in a lot of trouble. Yeah. A lot of trouble. But definitely. Yeah, I mean, the the replacement options also gave it a good nudge on the weekend so if it's Mexico you know Danny Rick did a great job to say hey yep you remember me I'm uh, I'm ready to jump back in yeah, he definitely is he definitely put a good solid case forward and uh, we might we'll, we'll hold off on the Ricardo yeah. discussion probably for a, a little bit later but um, moving on to the man who finished second who uh, might potentially finish second in the championship if he keeps going the way he's going and well, he got to keep his second he got to, yeah he did get to keep his second because he didn't have an illegal car or they didn't check it yep. uh, <laughs> probably too scared to check it I think after some of the backlash yeah. The FIA, like, um, the random selection I, I, might be someone else this week. You know what I heard? If mm. he did keep that uh, race result from the US GP, yep. he would only be two points away from Checo. Yeah, I saw, I saw that, and, um, you know, that would have... You just wonder how much extra pressure that would have placed on Checo um, yeah. for that weekend. So... If he's already making the mistakes and some of the pressures there, that yeah, that definitely would have been. But you'd expect that um, you know Lewis is trying to do everything he can to take that second spot. He's really just he's he's doing everything with his car power and his ability. So it was it was a great um, it was a great outcome for him. I would definitely say it was Lewis of old that that race. He drove mm. exceptionally well. The pass on Leclerc was pretty ballsy. Yes, uh, dropping a wheel in the grass, but. Um, I just feel like in this back half of the year particularly, I feel like it's vintage Lewis Hamilton a mm, bit. Yeah. Like back to those days where he was just at his prime and, and now it's up to Mercedes to really deliver him a car that he can chase Max with next year. Yeah, that really is. Um, just a quick side note, even Max in the um, in the post, in the, what do they call that room, yeah, the post-race room? Post press conference? Yeah, yeah, he was watching the pass on the grass and even he gave a little bit of a, that was impressive. So, um, yeah. you know, to yeah. get that kind of uh, nod 
Not from Max, Max who doesn't, like, don't have any love loss at all. No, yeah, <laughs> it was quite impressive. But yeah, yeah you're right. Just the, the old uh, Lewis just coming out strong and, and really showing that, okay, I'm not done yet. You know, the yeah. eighth championship is still what he wants and still driving him. And as he's getting closer, you can just see he's just really pushing the car and the team. Well, he's definitely, he's, he's left his teammate for dead, hasn't he? Like, let's, Russell has really struggled this year in particular, but... I mean, he, he put up that little fight at Suzuka briefly, but yeah. he, he really hasn't been able to get anywhere near him. Yeah, I um, I do wonder just some of the stuff like the Singapore incident where whether it's just taken the shine off and he's just lost a bit of confidence or he's yeah. feeling extra pressure or something. But he really has um, he really has dropped away. Um, you know, cause considering he was ahead of Lewis in the championship earlier in the season. Well, I mean, to, and to be fighting with Daniel Ricciardo over, what, seventh place or whatever yeah. it was at the end of that race, it, it shows a bit of a yeah, decline in performance, in yep. my opinion. Um, but in talking about performance, but in this regard, really good performance. One of his counterparts, his uh, 100 uh, race counterpart. Lando Norris. Yeah, bravo, Lando. Absolute. I mean, you just, I, yeah, we, we, we can talk about how he's been the bridesmaid for so long. Yeah, he definitely hasn't, has. Hasn't, hasn't won a race yet. But wow, that was just a masterclass. That, that was, that was. To come from the back of the grid, drive the way he did, keep the tyres in the operating window the way he did, um, and just keep passing. I mean, we had the red flag, he didn't get the best of restarts, and he still managed to pick them all off back up to fifth. That's, yeah. That's yeah. impressive. So I think he dropped two off the restart, yeah. two positions, but, and some of his passes were super committed, um, just, you know, absolutely cleaned up, came from a bit further back than you expect, but really committed and just braked beautifully, hit the apex. Yep. You know, there was no, no real squeezing or pushing or forcing. It no. was just beautiful passing. It, it really was. And like the battle between Ricardo and him on track was was exceptional so they were very very close together um and you probably saw the the little fun they had out the back <laughs> after the race but um but yeah the the on track stuff was was really mature really well thought out and and delivered and you can't take that up can't take that away from him. He drove an exceptional race. So yeah. well done, Lando. I'm, well done. I'm very, very impressed. Yeah. Um, let's move on to the $20 million payday for Daniel Ricciardo. And that's Euro. <laughs> not, not, um, not those uh, buckaroos from Australia. 20 million Euro just yeah. uh, for maintaining and landing in, in that in beautiful so point spot of seventh. That's it. So basically what we're talking about is the, the team will has moved from 10th to 8th in the Constructors Championship, which is essentially a 20 million euro upgrade yeah. uh, for the team. So that, that points finish, obviously, you know, Yuki has provided points throughout the year, but it was the highest place finish for the Alpha Tori this year. And he was on point qualifying fourth and finishing P7. Look, he, he does love the track and that is, you know, that's something that, that um, is always of benefit. And, you know, listening to some of the reports and the, the feedback that's happened post that race that really the hand injury that happened in, um, in the Netherlands really set him back. Um, yeah. He was aligning the car to be more the, his style where he can actually point the car properly with the with the nose and um, and that sort of got set back because you had Liam Lawson who came in who did a, a marvelous job but you know the car development stopped going towards what Daniel wanted yep. 
you know, he had that week, which was a bit of a tough week coming back at, um, at Austin, uh, yep. but, you know, really capitalised on this weekend by having the right car under him. And, and people need to also remember, because I saw a few people in the comments going in on Daniel for that Austin race, saying yeah. he's washed and everything else. It was a sprint weekend, people. Like, he's come back, jumped in a car that is now unfamiliar again, right, with a sore bloody hand, and... And one hour had one hour practice, practice session and then had to qualify and, and do a sprint race and, and then race, race, like, yeah. It, it, that's a really hard task. And I think this weekend, re- or last weekend, really showed that um, with the, the free practice one, two, and three, he was able to, to get that car in the window that he likes and ultimately, I mean, outperform where it should have finished. So yeah. I think that's really important to note as well. Yeah, I think he did a great job, and it was you know the Danny Rick of old. So it was great to see, to see his uh, his smiling face in the paddock afterwards. He was quite happy, especially after qualifying. Yeah, still had a bit of there was a bit of uh, he was a bit pensive about how he was going to go, but um, he really did fight the right kind of fights with the cars. He didn't just give up the positions, but really was strategic about leading who through at what point so that yeah. he could maintain. So yeah. Well, as we said earlier, he almost got George Russell in the end. So he was doing, he was going so really close. well. It was very close, not quite there, but yeah. that's okay. Probably needed one or two laps to get that done. Okay. Uh, let's move on to his teammate now. Mm, yeah, Yuki. Young Yuki Sonoda had a good race, was fighting with Oscar Piastri and a uh, bit of a silly move. Yeah, just, you know, it, it was really hard just with the way the coverage was to really understand it until they showed the onboard and you could just see he just wanted to turn in too quickly. Yeah. And it was so disappointing because he really could have cemented such a solid result. Yeah. Um, and we know that uh, he's not really that far behind Danny when Danny's at his best, so yeah. it just would have been a great outcome and yeah, you know, like Oscar just was like, he, he's still there, you can't turn in. No, it was just, uh, a, uh, yeah, just a bit of an error on his front, his part. Definitely feels like that, and I, I'm sure Yuki, although he blew up in the car at the time after rewatching the replay, he went, oh, okay, maybe I stuffed up. Yeah, well, uh, he might have been angry at himself. I mean, oh, he definitely. never, like, the, well, they didn't telecast anything <laughs> that was, you know, blaming directly Oscar, but. Um, but yeah, maybe he was just angry with himself. That, that double points finish, I mean, I don't know how close they are. If they'd had a double points finish, they may have been sort of knocking on that door of seventh, potentially. But mm. um, but anyway, they're off the bottom of the table, they're up in eighth, and that's that's a good haul of points yeah. for Alfa Tori, who have had a reasonably cruddy year Pretty to tough year point. to the point, yeah. Speaking of cruddy... Oh, no. <laughs> Hey, Mag! Had a bit of a uh, suspension failure after running off the road on the last turn. Um, Yeah, he came off the last turn and bounced around a bit. Went wide and sort of stayed in it. And oh my god. He got half a lap, another half a lap, and then suspension failure. That hit was. It was, it was it was decent. Big. Yeah, he looked he, he looked quite uh, tender when he got out of the car and sort of was just trying to find a place to just sort of sit down and then thought that's probably not that safe, so he tried to climb up. But he was really, I think, struggling with it. Which yeah. um, you know, I haven't seen the data on what the impact was, but it, you know, uh, another hus that is. Uh, copped a huge whack. They just have a history of having the big ones. So they do, and. It- I want to sort of move back to Haas as a team just slightly at the moment and just be that K-Mag's okay. Um, but Haas, should, 
should they be just bought out by Andretti? If if F1's not allowed to like bring in another team, or if the teams aren't allowing teams that, aren't allowing it, yeah. Um, should it be a case of Haas, you're really underperforming, get out, Andretti take over? Yeah, look, I I I mean I'm in two minds because I think you you'll always need teams that are sort of at that that you know um, sponsorship and the the funding the lower end just to you've got to fill the ranks. But yeah. I think they've had a fair crack, and I think the big surprise for me is that that Gene Huss never wants to commit too much money into it, and so for me that's where you've got to start thinking. You've got someone like Andretti who's wanting to commit fully. He's willing to pay all these extra dollars to the teams to cover the, the yeah. losses that they'll have. You know, that sort of commitment, you don't sort of get that from Gene. Yeah. Um, and so it really is, it's a good question to ask. You know, at what point does F1 say, you're just not giving it enough? Yeah. I mean, you got to want to be there. And I mean, the, the two drivers at the start of the year, or started last year, I guess. Yeah. You know, they were really buoyant and, and, and up and about, and okay, we've got these fixes and that, but they've had that massive upgrade this year. It was apparently the biggest upgrade Haas has ever brought to the grid, and oh, it's done absolutely geez. nothing. Just really, it so, really hurt them. Just it was a downgrade almost, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, it's, it's just kind of like the Aston Martin route, isn't it? Really, like <sighs> when you go from although their their drop from grace or fall from grace is much greater because they started what P two podiums. Yeah, they were on the podiums. They had P two now fighting for what? Well, the the <laughs> way they're falling, they're definitely going to be in the lower half. So um, it's That's just it. a matter of how low they'll go. Um, yeah, there's now even rumours that Alonso's, you know starting to look elsewhere because he might have lost it. Well, that, that's, I've had enough, but who knows? I, mean, I know we talk about Daniel Ricciardo, Daniel Ricciardo uh, taking <laughs> over that seat of Perez's, but there was a rumour that did float over the weekend that one young Fernando Alonso was destined for that seat. So where there's smoke, there's a little bit of fire. Yeah. Hopefully not too much because I'd much rather see Daniel in there than a 43-year-old Alonso. Um, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I, right. I, I just I, I don't see that happening. I, I feel that's like a rumor. Alonso's team have put out there <laughs> to try and bolster some numbers for maybe a move elsewhere or a re-sign. Can yeah. you imagine Fernando and Max? Yeah, I can. No, yeah, I, mean, I can. It'd be I, great I, for I us. I can't. I can't imagine it happening. But I can imagine <laughs> it, and I can see what would happen. Oh, explosive be... would be. Uh, would it be a descriptive enough word a, a, to use for that relationship? A fiery Spaniard and a fiery Dutchman. Can't imagine it going wrong at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it'd be great for Lewis Hamilton or anyone else who's at the front. I mean, if McLaren managed to bring a car next year that was fast enough and Alonso wasn't there and they were bashing it together oh. who knows what could happen <laughs> yeah that's right but I mean it all this all stems from you know from Aston's fall from grace really yeah. um, that these rumours seem to kick off um, and it is such a fall as we say yeah um, to be on podiums at the start of the year and battling for the the, the last places definitely um, you know Stroll is really disappointed. I think he's gotten worse. You know, yeah. he had that injury at the start of the year, came back and he was super, super strong. Yeah. He was, you know, getting the results. Yep. And then has just absolutely faded to nothing to, I don't know, a tennis player or something. So, yeah, that yeah, that's, uh, yeah, he wants to go play tennis now or something along those please. lines. But, <laughs> please. <laughs> but, um, but the, the interesting thing is that I feel like 
this all started to fall apart when there was a little bit of a rumor that Lawrence was putting the team up for sale. Mm. And the upgrades that have come haven't haven't seemed to give them any performance. If anything, they've gone backwards. They've gone backwards for sure. Um, and it just, it, it, yeah, it's starting to feel a little bit like it's all a bit disjointed and, and there's a lot, must be a lot happening in the background that we're not completely yeah, it's not, not coming to the surface just yet. So, but, um, I mean, obviously we'll watch on. Hopefully, you know, for Aston's sake, it was great seeing them up there. So I do hope that they do get back there. Mm. But how they get back there from here, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. And then leads, I guess, on to um, some predictions. Some predictions for, for this like week, to. this weekend, eh? So yeah. the Brazilian GP this weekend, sprint race format, and uh, again, again, don't like the sprint races, do we? I, I'm not sold on them. Not sold. I, I just, I'm not sold on. Them. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't want to be too harsh. I, I think it's great that they're trying different formats to mix it up. Yep. But I just don't think there. There's no real added value from it. I, I don't see it. I this. I preferred them when they first came out. So I preferred the fact that you would qualify, you'd do the sprint race, and the finish of the sprint order went into the race. Yeah. I, I felt that was much better. Now it feels a bit disjointed, where you have two qualifying sessions and then two different completely races, and yeah. the sprint just doesn't seem to make any sense because it doesn't really go toward it does go towards the championship but it doesn't really do a whole lot it's very small um it's it does throw up the order on occasion but yeah i I think the changes they've made have been a bit of a miss for me but we do have it this weekend so we're looking at who can get pole position and who can win the race so i'll start off with who i think in the shootout for the sprint. The sprint shootout. Shootout. The sprint shootout. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so for me, ready? Drum roll, please. Well, I'll go with third first. Oh. I'll do third. All right. Okay. So in okay. third, Lando Norris. Lando Norris. Lando Norris. I think the package, the McLaren car, is going to work well there. I do think you? it'll be okay. Look, it's not its perfect ideal track because it is a bit of a slower corner track and that is where they do struggle a little bit but I think they thought they were going to struggle more in Mexico than they did and I I think they're actually improving more than they say so I think they'll still be there or thereabouts so I think Lando for third place because he is a good qualifier Um, second Max Verstappen. Max. Yeah, Max. Max and Not going to get the win. Look, no, well, not the win. Pole. That's our pole. Shoot out, mate. (laughs) Come on, mate. Get to it. No, but (laughs) second place, Max Verstappen. I think uh, he'll do all right. I just don't think he'll have the out and out pace. I don't think he'll switch the tyres on quite so quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for P1 as pole position, I'm going for Lewis Hamilton. Oh, what a surprise. <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs> what do you mean, what a surprise? I, look, I'm not a Lewis Hamilton fanboy, but it is Brazil, and he does love that track, so I just think that if there's any given weekend that he's going to pull it out of the bag, this is the one. Yep. Well, my top three yep. is almost the same. <laughs> so I'll go in reverse order and I'll tell you my surprise at the end. Okay. Uh, I think Hamilton will come in first. Ooh. In the, get the pole get position. The pole position. Same. I same. think. Uh, okay. I think. Yeah. He just. He's. He's on. He's on the drive at the moment. He's yep. absolutely caning. He loves the track. I think. Definitely. I think he'll make it work. Mercedes yep. will be good there. Uh, Verstappen in second spot. 
no doubt he'll always be up there, so we've just got to put his name in there. So, it, so I haven't seen anything different here yet, mate. But in third, I just think after his performance last year, he seems to really go well at the track. Okay. I think it's going to be a form changer. It's going to it's going to break form change break the flood banks open. <laughs> yeah. And Russell oh, is going to take P3. Georgie boy, back on, back on the, uh, oh, not podium, but uh, top three for qualifying. For qualifying. For the sprint quality. Yeah, and really, it was just a bit of a, a bit of a roughy on the outside because it can't be exactly the same. Not, I think Norris is going to have a good shot at it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think Russell did did well there. So um, let's see if he can yeah. break his form. Well, I think if, if, if it was going to be any track, it's going to be this track. Because last year he did get his first Grand Prix win there and yep. his first sprint race win there. So I think you're probably close to the money. So we'll see what happens on that. All right, so moving forward onto the race, you can, can keep your predictions rolling there, Damo. Right, And uh, what do you think we're going to get out of the sprint race? So the sprint race in third spot, Ooh. I think Norris is going to come... I think he's going to do it. I think the longer format gives them the opportunity to kind of use their strategy to bring the car forward. Yep. Um, and so I think Norris is uh, is going to be on the podium again. Okay. And for P2? Second, Max Verstappen is uh, is my tip. I just, uh, I feel like he's going to be there or thereabouts. Okay. But you're just not, I don't think the, the strength of Hamilton, Ooh. he's going to take the win. I think he's, okay. he's he loves... The Brazil track at Sao Paulo. So, yeah, my uh, my top three: Hamilton in first, Verstappen second, Norris third. Okay, okay, okay. So, I, can I, be I, any different to me? I have gone a little bit different to you, Damo. Oh, I just got to just mix just it up. Got to mix it up just just a little bit. So, my prediction for the sprint race is that Hamilton's going to get ahead of himself just slightly, and. Oh. Uh, and he's going to have a little bit of, probably come to bangs at turn one or turn two. Oh. And uh, it's going to drop him back a little bit. It's going to allow Norris to get up to P2. Right. Hamilton's going to finish P3. Okay. But Verstappen, with his out-and-out -out pace, will take the win. That's the my win. prediction for the sprint race. So. Norris in P2, that's pretty bold. So, uh, uh, it is bold, but as I said, I, I feel like... I said, Hamilton of Verstappen on the front row is my prediction for the sprint race. So I just feel like somehow they're going to come together and it's going to just push Hamilton back a little bit and Fair Verstappen enough. will probably drive off into the distance and it'll annoy me. But it's just what I think is going to happen. Nice. Just got a feeling. 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 Well, a feeling. Well, uh, we'll definitely see how they pan out as um, as we come through the next episode uh, next week. Yes. And uh, we'll be breaking these up into the categories so you'll have a separate Formula One so that we can cover all the news and, and yeah, the definitely. results. But uh, put a like uh, and click the subscribe button if you've enjoyed it. Thanks for joining us on this one. And Thanks, we'll guys. see you next week. See ya. See ya.